2: are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week, this is the place you go to when you want to learn the latest in the strange, in the paranormal, in the holy, and the unholy. I'm talking about your personal stories the things that you guys are experiencing out there, I want you to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com and tell me, tell me what you're experiencing. Tell me what you are researching or tell me what you'd like to have me speak about right here on this program. This show is all about you and what it is that you want to hear about. Or if you want to gain some insight on any particular topic or any particular experience, The goal is to give insight on all of these topics here on this show. Boy, today, speaking of a great show, it's going to be a really fascinating one. I have Brian Niffle on here, who's going to be speaking about his awesome new show, Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. And uh, he's also the producer from Dead Files. We're going to have a really fascinating conversation. But first... We are going to get to your stories, your emails. You know, I get these stories and I do get a lot of people saying, you know, ah, please don't share this. And it's like, I respect that. So don't worry. Um, But then I also have a lot of folks who are writing and, just want to share something personal and don't want to put on the air. So I've been uh, honoring that as well. But I have an email here today that I want to share for this first segment. And this one says, Dear Heidi, I hope you're doing well. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I was just listening to you on Coast to Coast AM. And I wanted to share a story and a quick video with you pertaining to the hat man. Oh boy. Um, and just so you guys know, I did see this link and I watched this video before this person, uh, I'm reading their email here on the air. Cause I usually don't read these emails in advance, but I saw a link. I hit it. Okay. All right. So it says over the last 10 years, I've dealt with some challenges in my life to say the least. It started with finding out I had to have back surgery in 2012, and after the surgery, I became dependent on painkillers. That's been a big problem out there. Uh, I became increasingly depressed, withdrawn, and pretty much antisocial, and had no interest in doing the things I once loved doing in life. Fortunately, I had enough sense to realize how dangerous they were and how much worse my life would likely get if they didn't just outright kill me. However, with the help of our Lord, Jesus Christ, okay, lots of prayer, determination, and willpower, I'm proud to say that I beat the evil on my own without the assistance of rehab. Oh, okay, and I haven't taken a painkiller in over five years now. Well, that that's wonderful. Uh, no doubt, it was by far one of the hardest things I've accomplished And I'll ever achieve in my life because if I had stayed on the path I was on for much longer, it's likely I wouldn't be here today to share this story with you or anyone else. The reason I told you about that chapter of my life is because it seems clear to me now more than ever that evil loves to prey on weakened or broken spirits of people who may have given up somewhat in life itself or maybe the folks that feel like they've made a mess of their lives and it's just too late to turn it around for the better. I just believe evil in general tries to manipulate and exploit weaknesses in anyone's life that's vulnerable for any reason and tries to influence wrongdoing and destructive behavior. And I believe anyone can open themselves up to to those kinds of attacks. Unfortunately, I especially feel that way with the shape the world is in today. Anyway, I'm sorry I got so long winded. Oh gosh, this is so funny. People always say that and I'm like, no, give me more details because it's really needed. It's just kind of an emotional story for myself and I can get carried away sometimes, which is fine. Uh, During the period I was telling you about in my life earlier, I had things that kept happening around me. I couldn't quite put my finger on it and motion lights will come on outside. I would see orbs or hear strange noises, etc. I have a video though, that I would really like you to see. I set up several motion detected cameras around the house and caught what appears to be the outline of the hat man. I'm not certain that's what it is, but if you watch this video closely and even slow it down when you see the shadow walk in front of my bedroom light, you can clearly see the outline of a top hat and whatever it is appears to be smoking or maybe it's just some kind of herb or late whatever, It is putting it out. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Um, It's just a really strange video that I captured and would like for you to check it out and analyze it a little if you would like to. I'm going to provide a link at the end of this message. As I said, I already watched this. And hopefully you'll be able to access it. Again, I'm sorry for being so long-winded, but it's just a story I felt like I had to share with you along with this video after hearing you on Coast to Coast this morning. All the best, Jeff D. Well, Jeff, let me tell you. (laughs) I played that video before I read this, and my jaw dropped, okay? So, um... Oftentimes, I do get people say, you know, is this a hat man? You know what? What do you think this is? You know, and they'll show me a, a picture of uh, of the woods or something. And it's so hard to make out anything. I get a lot of those for Bigfoot, believe it or not, um, because that's a topic that I also like to explore quite a bit. Uh, and, and it's like, I can't make things out. You know, what do you mean? Like, what, what could this be? It could be anything, you know? Um, so I'm not one to really look at a a video or a photo and say, uh, you know, with my bare eyes, and and there's like jumbled things in the picture and like, oh, I can make out a hippo or, um, you know, a shadow being or, or whatever. I'm not the type of person to do that. I'm like, looks like um, a bush. Um, (laughs) It looks like this. It looks like that. So I'm just not the type, right? So I press play on this video before reading this email just now. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh my goodness! I, I believe I just saw Hat Man walking by, and you could tell that this is an interior video. Okay, and this is inside, and you know how you'll get some light in a in a doorway or something, and it's coming through, and and you could tell when somebody's just walked by, and you totally see a man in a hat walking by. Oh, I just got chills because uh, I know what it's like to be alone in that room and to see something clearly, but something that's hard to capture on camera or even to have the person in the room with you to see it. And it's so, oh my gosh, it's so disturbing to see that perspective and to get that perspective. And now, I don't know about you, Jeff, but um, when you get that evidence, when you get that little piece of uh, something that says, this is real, this just happened, and it's on video, did you or did you not get extra creeped out? So your worst fear was true, that something was there, and you caught it, and you have the evidence where you don't have to wait for somebody else to be in the room with you, and you caught it. I can't. Imagine the horror you must feel. Um, if it's as you described and how this video was taken, it looks like a man in a hat walks by a light inside somebody's home. So I'll give it to you, Jeff. That's what it looks like. I can't make out a cigarette uh, or anything like that. I'm not an uh, expert in um, audiovisual uh, analysis and whatnot. So I'm just going to leave it to. It gave me the creeps. It gave me the chills. I saw the hat on a man's head and it does look to be inside somebody's home. So, um, whoo. Wow. Um, you know, you mentioned having had strange things happen in your lifetime. And, and what I really like that you put here. It's something that I've spoke to for a very long time on how these negative beings like to feed off from uh, the bad mojo that we can give off, or live through, or survive through, or illnesses. Um, they do feed on this type of thing and it is uh, very unfortunate for those who are unaware that something is encouraging you to stay in a bad funk or encouraging an argument or making you sick or coming around because you're sick I mean how low down dirty and disgusting to have this be something that you have to be aware of on another level, interdimensionally. I mean, how unfair is this? When we have people walking around hardly regarding that they have a soul, um, but good on you, you found that you had the strength and you were able to call upon the good side, the God side, the Jesus side to uh, stand on your two feet and kick these things out of your life. And believe it or not, in the type of field that I'm in, as an occupational therapist focusing on behavioral health, I have met several people who have overcome addictions without rehab uh, through the power of what you mention here. Prayer, um, absolutely diving into their faith and calling on God to help out. Now, does that work for everybody? You know, everybody's different. So um, good on you. I, I'm I'm super happy to have gotten your email because... This is powerful and encouraging and also encouraging that people like yourself independently discovering how these negative things do indeed feed off from us and try to force the negative narrative in our lives. And, uh, but good always wins, right? That's what makes a good movie, and that's what makes a good life. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much, Jeff, for writing in, and I hope this was helpful for you. And wow, that video is something else. Uh, again, I want to encourage everybody who's listening, if you have experienced something out of the ordinary, and you want to hear some insight or have your story <laughs> shared here on the air, go to HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com. And- tell me what's going on you can also write me at Heidi Hollis at gmail.com and uh, wow you guys are in for a treat because we are going to talk about Alaskan killer Bigfoot coming up next you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network stick around we'll be right back
1: Thanks for listening. Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
5: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the tonne. Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
2: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. All right, getting to our fabulous guest. I have Brian Niffle, who is an American television producer and director known most recently for his work on The Dead Files, Mystery at Blind Frog Ranch, and Alaskan killer Bigfoot. His work aims to tackle universal questions and address common problems through compelling human stories. I've been looking forward to having this conversation, so I'd like to welcome Brian Niffle to the show. How are you doing today there, Brian?
6: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh
2: gosh, I I am so thrilled to be speaking with you. You've got a wealth of information I'm hearing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you are quite the, the paranormal enthusiast. I mean, having worked on The Dead Files, I mean, who doesn't know The Dead Files? Fabulous show. Probably one of the longest running shows going uh, that I've heard. I mean, is that true?
6: Yeah, it's, it's one of them. It's one of them. You know, there's a, there's a couple that predate The Dead Files, but I mean, it's been around since, uh, I think 2010, 2011. So yeah, it's a, it's a, a, lo- a long-term machine at this point. They, they're very good at what they do.
2: So it has been around for a very long time. That's awesome. So, my goodness, what got your interest to even join in such a project? Because it takes a special person. I, I'm thinking <laughs> to do this for
6: so long. Well, it's uh, it's a little bit sideways. So I, I, you know, did not grow up in a particularly religious household. Um, I did go to Catholic high school, and I found all, all the teachings really fascinating. You know, we actually did do. Bible study and and we looked at it through all these different lenses, you know, from a fundamentalist perspective all the way through, um, you know, the the idea that the Bible is is entirely allegorical. Now I know everybody falls on a different part of that spectrum, but you know I, I always had questions no matter what lens we were looking at it through. Um, so I would say that that's sort of the the first, you know, sort of bit of uh, of spiritual exploration that I was interested in. Um, and as far as the TV side of things. Um, It all just kind of aligned. So um, uh, a friend of mine called me and said he was doing uh, he was doing the first first season of Dead Files and and wanted me to come aboard. And that's sort of how I got the crash course in in this type of world, in paranormal investigations, um, in sort of mediumship, um, as well as sort of deep dive historical stuff and sort of the, the obvious parallels that that those can bring.
2: That's pretty cool. So it, there was no background that you personally experienced anything out of the ordinary?
6: N- nothing, nothing that, that made up my mind one way or the other. So, you know, when growing up, we had there was a, a famous haunted house in in the the town next to mine. And you know, we'd basically go down there and kind of look around and, and get ourselves scared. But I, I don't think that I was ever brave enough to uh to go deep into this house and and uh and have an experience for myself. But it was just like sort of this this interesting thing that, that I didn't fully explore until I was really in the thick of it.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I, I more often than not hear of people, of course, having that base where it's like I experienced something I wanted to find answers, you know, and and they just found a way to get involved in such projects or research or writings. So uh that that's wild. So now though. You have indeed experienced things since working on that show, correct?
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been I, I think I did over 150 episodes of, of The Dead Files. Um, I was I did the first season of of Mystery at Blind Frog Ranch for, for Discovery Channel. Um, so I've been to some extraordinarily active places, um, places that are sort of your your classic haunted house or haunted business to places that have kind of extreme levels of, of alien and UFO activity.
2: Oh, 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 we've got okay, we've got some some good ones. I have a I have a feeling that you've got some stories to share because I am dying to hear a good spooky story.
6: Okay. That's a, the the one that always stands out to me is um, we were in the occidental. A hotel and saloon in the old west town of buffalo wyoming and you know the place has been there 120 years has an insane history um behind it as well um it's still open and people can go there by the way so this is this is a, a good one to tell because it won't cause people snooping around somebody's house um but i was i was in the uh so first we would interview all these people um you know, and, and hear about these experiences that they they would have. So I talked to a bunch of folks and one of the things they said happened late at night is there was a hanging wine glass rack, uh, above the bar where the wine glasses hang upside down. And I said, just periodically they'll touch together ever so gently that it makes the whistling sound. Like, I don't know if you've heard this before. There's kids toys that, you know, when you, uh, when you rub the rim of a of a crystal glass, oh yeah, and it makes that whoo yes. that, that noise, yeah. So that was kind of how these folks described it, you know. And oh. I hadn't I hadn't heard too many things like that before, right? And I just happened to be in the bar by myself at like two in the morning. All the lights were out. Um, I think at that point we were getting ready for Amy to arrive and do her walk. So um, I'm sitting in there alone, and I I hear this noise and 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 i'm blown away cuz i did not think this was going to happen to me so i'm just sitting there it's perfectly quiet and just ooh, like somebody's <laughs> right behind me rubbing their <laughs> rubbing their finger on a on a crystal glass so i'm immediately thinking of these stories that the bartenders and the servers had told me and so i go over to this wine rack and i'm looking at it trying to see how that sound could be made what is there a terrestrial explanation for what's going on? And, and I start, I start grabbing the pillars that, that support this wine rack and I'm shaking it and I'm jumping up and down on the ground around it and doing all those things. The, the glasses don't even touch. Like you would think right. that if you're shaking the floor, they would clang together and, and all that kind of thing. Right. And it didn't make a sound. Yes. This, this bar is built from solid Oak. It's been there for a hundred years. Right. Um, you know, the, the wine glasses didn't touch no matter how hard I shook the bar or the wine rack itself. It's <laughs> amazing. And, and so, you know, I was uh, a little unnerved by it, but, you know, I went and talked to the hotel owner the next day and, and he kind of brushed me off and he goes, ah, that's just what happens when the, when the beer fridge comes on. And, and I felt really silly at the time because I thought that he had explained away this experience that I had. And I went back to the bartenders and the servers and I said, uh, oh, you know, so and so said that that just happens when the fridge comes on. And and they they basically said two things They're like <laughs> we're we're bartenders and servers in this bar all the time. Right. We know we know when the fridges come up, like and, and the two things are not not related. <laughs> and and then and they they also said, uh, you know, we can show you. And they went in. And they they were able to turn on the the beer fridge, or whatever whatever fridge was causing that vibration, or, or whatever the owner said was causing the, the vibration. And we we actually tested it out, and it did not recreate the same thing.
2: Unbelievable. Maybe that's what he said, so it will uh, help him sleep better at night
6: because he doesn't <laughs> want to accept it, huh? That was my read on it. Yeah, is that, you know he was trying to keep everybody from from going going crazy while they're (laughs) while they're at work so uh, but yeah there's there's definitely weird stuff that happens like that out there oh yeah Um, and and with with dead files I mean virtually everybody on on the crew you know and it didn't matter if they were believers or skeptics people had experiences along the way and 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 some were pretty shaken up by it for sure
2: My goodness. You know, there's something special about uh, being the the lone person when something happens. It gives a a special chill factor to the whole situation. So I feel for you because uh, no matter how long you do this, I mean, I'm, I'm not a person that jumps a whole heck of a lot, but you get the willies, you get the creeps because of it yes. still, no matter what. So um, yeah, I was worried that you were one of those people. I've, I've talked to so many folks on so many different uh, types of shows and it's like, <laughs> they're like, oh, well. I never saw anything or it wasn't believable enough for me. So I'm happy to hear that you're not one of those people. Um, But you said that you also have ventured to locations of alien phenomena. Have you ever caught strange lights on camera then?
6: Yeah, actually. So, um, so I did the very first, so I did the first season of the mystery at blind frog ranch for discovery channel. So they are presently airing their second season now. And it's, I wish I could have been out there for that season because it's 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 a really crazy place. Um, it's as the crow flies, I think it's about 15 miles um, from Skinwalker Ranch, which is a little bit more famous than Blind Frog, but yeah. But they they all experience the same types of phenomena. So um, constant stuff flying around in the sky above you, you know, not normal flight paths, not not the movement of an airplane, and it's just wild like we we used um some pretty high powered uh and, and expensive night vision goggles yeah and i don't I, you know the 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 tech enthusiasts out there will be mad at me for not knowing this stuff but <laughs> i i don't know what exactly the magnification was but these things actually recorded so you could put a uh, a memory card in the night vision goggles that would allow you to record whatever it was you were looking at and we would just point these things at the sky and and it was insane. It looked like um, whenever you see cameras that they put in people's bodies, and you can see like little cells moving around that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, um, it was like that in the sky there. Like you would just see these things moving in the most bizarre ways, and they would just flip a U-turn and go right back where they had they had come from, and then they would just vanish. You'd see you'd see trains of these these lights like flying in formation and then they'd spread just wild wild stuff and these guys out there that are that are sort of the the anchors of that show they've had every experience under the sun out there it is just a a a nuts place
2: sounds like a hotbed of activity my goodness well uh we're gonna get to our next break you guys you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iheartradio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network stick around for more of Brian Niffle and speaking on Alaskan
4: killer Bigfoot and the Dead Files we'll be right back Are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Well, look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at ParanormalDate.com slash seniors. Enjoy your search and have some fun at ParanormalDate.com.
5: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the tonne. Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
2: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I have Brian Niffle, and we are speaking about some of his very cool projects that all surround around the paranormal. I don't think that's a mistake. Brian is truly a paranormal enthusiast that, uh, you know, not only working behind the scenes, but is absolutely involved in presenting unique information for the rest of us to decipher. And uh, I love it. I mean, when you're doing this kind of work, I mean, do you feel as if you are kind of doing a service to the population of this planet? Because how else would we learn these things? I mean, we're very visual people, right?
6: Yeah, I think I think that's right. I mean, I've I've never thought about my work as a, as a service to others, but I mean, I, I can definitely see it that way. Just in that um, there's definitely an appetite for for exploration. I mean, that's that's as clear as can be people even people who are skeptical have questions and like okay well if if aliens aren't real then why have why have why has the government gone to such lengths to sort of uh you know suppress evidence that that kind of stuff so you know even from from the the most hardcore believer to the the most staunch skeptic i think people want to know what the ideas are that are out there, what people have experienced and sort of how it factors in to, to their own existence. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess that in, in a, in an indirect way, it's, it's some kind of service, but you know, for me, it's just getting to get out there and explore myself and and to tell interesting stories, you know, through TV.
2: Oh, I think this is like the final frontier for us all. I mean, it, it's so, uh, like you said, it's like finding answers is, is fun, but I, I seem to find that uh, a lot of people, nine times out of 10, they've had something questionable happen in their life that makes them wonder about so many various topics instead of <laughs> questioning their eyeballs. I, I, I get, I've had thousands of emails from around the globe and uh, people are like, you know, I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. I'm like, those are the same eyeballs you use to drive back and forth to work every day. You know, people are starting to trust something is up and they'll question it and, you uh, it's it's kind of kind of cool. I I think it's a a great service and and a fun one too to um, potentially answer some of these these forever ponderings that we have. So it, you've been involved in another very cool, very recent project: Alaska Killer Bigfoot. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
6: Yeah. So, uh, so the show is on Discovery Plus. That's the, uh, the Discovery streaming platform. Um, it's called Alaskan Killer Bigfoot and it, it follows, uh, it follows five guys that, uh, that are, you know, members of a, of a Native American village in, in Alaska, not far from, uh, from the city of Homer. And, and these folks are the descendants of people who lived in, in the abandoned village of Portlock um portlock is on the kenai peninsula in in alaska and in 1949 um, you know there were there were somewhere around 300 people living and working there and a a series a series of unexplained murders happened and bodies were washing up in the in the lagoons in the rivers on on the shores Um, and the folks in portlock just had enough and they were afraid for their lives so they just packed up and left um, and the the native people swore up and down that those murders were caused by by what they called Nantinuk, and Nantinuk is the word in their language for Bigfoot. Wow, so, that's crazy. Yeah, so they left that town completely abandoned it in 1949, and and no one had been back to settle since. And so they they resettled in a village called Nanwalak, which is again up by Homer. And some of the village elders have grown concerned that uh, their little village is basically bursting at the seams. They've got too many people, not enough economic opportunity, and they wanted to explore the possibility of resettling uh, this village of Portlock that they still own. It's private private land owned by that that native corporation. Um, so they they basically charged these five guys with going to Portlock and and finding out if Nuntenuk is still there, and if so. Are they able to to resettle safely and and sort of either banish this Bigfoot creature or or find a way to coexist with it?
2: Yikes! Uh, those are some
6: brave people. Because yeah, without a doubt.
2: <laughs> yeah, because uh, I have heard of of a lot of uh, folks just ending up missing. I mean, missing four one one. I mean, they're suspecting Bigfoot being behind some of it. It's like. There's a predator, obviously, and and here bodies are washing ashore. I mean, I I just can't even imagine. Were there eyewitness accounts that were described?
6: Yeah, and, and a lot of this stuff is written up in in newspapers far and wide. Um, so I don't know how much you know you know about uh, Alaska, but because of the, the vastness of it, getting a a police or a military response to to anything takes a long time. So. Um, even now, if you're if you're in one of these bush villages in Alaska and and there's a, a murder or an assault or something, the police might not show up for for three, four, five days. So you imagine in, in the 40s that, that that timeline is is elongated quite a bit. So when these people were turning up dead, they weren't getting authorities to come and do real investigations. All they knew was that every time somebody went into the woods, they turned up dead. And people were seeing, they were seeing Bigfoot. They were hearing Bigfoot's whistles and howls, um, and you know they made the connection that you know people who went out hunting or or did things to um, to sort of capitalize on natural resources, those were the people most vulnerable to attack. So it's an inexact science, but they they blame those deaths on Bigfoot, and a lot of these things were uh retroactively written about in the papers and we we actually explored a lot of those documented cases on this show
2: that is horrifying stuff now this is an ongoing investigation still
6: so we we wrapped up uh season one. So we were we were permitted to be out there uh by the village elders for 40 days so that was what they told us go down there for 40 days you know try to map out what's left of the old town and try to sort of start thinking about what a new town might look like and and find out if it's even possible because if if there's still a murderous Bigfoot type creature on the loose then then this is not an option for us
2: my gosh yeah I can't imagine you know believe it or not personally I've had a couple of run-ins with uh something because they would like to throw boulders <laughs> yeah not- not rocks, but boulders. I'm like I, I was uh going on a little tour of somebody's property that said they had a family of Bigfoot. And if we get too close to the babies, they might throw a rock or two. I'm like, oh, I'm just laughing, you know. A boulder was chucked at me. I have no idea where it came from. Just so, nuts.
6: So that happened to us out there. And oh uh, and <laughs> Admittedly, I'm I am not a a Bigfoot expert. I I certainly know more now than I than I did when I started this project. But um, we were lucky enough to have uh, the help of Ron Moorhead, who's very well respected in the in the Bigfoot field. He actually came out and and investigated a couple of sites with us. And, you know, while we were kind of giving him the tour and showing him stuff that we had found, he told us about the rock throwing thing. He goes, oh, yeah, if you if you piss these things off, they're going to throw basketball size rocks at you and sure enough a day later we're we're doing an experiment and they well we didn't see it come out of anything's hands but a big old rock landed real close to us isn't uh, that
2: something i would imagine they have better aim and they were just being nice <laughs> well
6: it's like a warning shot yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but then that was like the warning shot and then we we kind of kept working and uh, you know I, I don't really know how much time had passed but as you know a few days later they the guys were sleeping in their tent the main the main cast members and had a bunch of gigantic rocks hit the side of their tent and knock it over that is so, unbelievable so, yeah they they got lucky enough not to be seriously hurt by it but i mean the the rocks that were sitting by that had been that had uh, apparently hit the tent were huge like i, I picked them up and carried them around and I, I can't I can't imagine being able to throw one of these things more than five feet, you know, with two hands. Right. So. Right.
2: It's, a, it's amazing. It's like a, it. And, and until you get that warning, you don't really think like, really, come on, now. a rock would be thrown at me like, you know, I'm sure I'll see it coming. No. <laughs> so, well, yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. That's uh, that's a bit horrifying. I mean, did you feel in danger? Any other point during this filming?
6: And that was probably the 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 most danger that I felt. I mean, that was that was cause for enough you know internal meetings. Like, hey, do you guys want to stay out here? Like, because you know, the last thing I want is for somebody to get hurt. But you know, so I had to say, like, if you guys want to want to call it and go back early, we we can. But um, you know, thankfully wow. the both cast and crew, like, no, we we have to see this through and and you know make it to the end.
2: I hope that was in the show because that's a serious conversation I have right there.
6: You know what? It, it, it's not, and it's and it's because it was, it for me it was a little bit too real. You know what I mean? Like it was, I, I wanted people to be able to be honest and not not feel like they had to to say anything for camera. So, um, so I, I did not film that part of it.
2: I gotcha. Wow. Yeah. You know, in conclusion, with the whole Bigfoot conversation, I mean. It, it almost seems to be a creature that is of this world and of another world. I mean, did you get that feeling that it might be an interdimensional type?
6: That's sort of the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, and, and the reason is because we found, I would say, 10 pretty compelling footprints um, in separate parts of the forest. And then they, and then they just vanish. And we, we, you know, do the, the sort of spiral technique where you walk outward in, in a spiral pattern to try to find any evidence of where, where something large could have either moved sideways or gone up a tree and jumped down somewhere else, like you, you know, trying to, to figure it out. But we would just see these footprints randomly and not be able to follow them anywhere meaningful. Um, we did find what we think is, uh, is Bigfoot scat. Um, So that that sort of lends itself to the terrestrial side of things, but the fact that that things were seen and heard and and sort of evidence exists, but then the physical thing keeps avoiding us.
2: That is just wild. Well, well, so we're going to get to our next break. You guys, you're listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast
3: Network. Stick around. Love you. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and I have Brian here, and we are talking about his awesome programs. He is the guy behind Dead Files and Alaskan Killer Bigfoot, and we're talking about some of your really uh, awesome adventures. I Do share, what, what else have you encountered in filming these programs?
6: I, I can tell you that, you know, doing over 150 episodes of Dead Files and spending, you know, weeks in the Uinta Basin near Skinwalker Ranch and Blind Frog Ranch, like, th- those are some crazy experiences, but there is, there's nothing like Portlock, Alaska. I've, I've never experienced any place as strangely active as there. Um, and the, the one thing that, I, that is in the show that people can go see Uh, we did an experiment with Ron Moorhead, the sort of uh, he wouldn't call himself a Bigfoot expert. But from my perspective, he's he's an expert. Um, He brought a giant speaker with him. So Ron's claim to fame is that he was able to take a bunch of recordings of a family of Bigfoot in the California wilderness. So he's got the largest library of recorded Bigfoot sounds. And he brought a giant speaker with him uh, to Portlock so that we could basically use these sounds as a call to try to reel in um, Bigfoot creatures effectively. And so we set up the speaker at the edge of the woods and we played a bunch of these sounds that he had recorded. And I had never experienced anything like this. The the forest came alive and every sound you can imagine came back. Um, You know, we heard whistling that's typically, uh, associated with Bigfoot. We heard howling that's typically associated with Bigfoot. We heard growling that, uh, that didn't sound like any, any wild animal I'd ever heard. Um, and we also heard bizarre, like bird-like noises, but the kind of bird-like noises you would hear in a, in a rainforest in Central America and not, not, not in, uh, in remote Alaska. So, it it just is the strangest place. And I think that it's, you know, the the Bigfoot activity is is obvious. And I but I just think that there's just layers and layers of sort of uh more of what you might call a traditional haunting too. There's just whisper sounds. It it is just a, a haunting, haunting place.
2: Wow. You know what? It- Okay, so I got to share something, because I don't think I've ever heard that kind of uh, comparison, Bigfoot being kind of a a haunting, because, all right, I had a UFO paranormal discussion group for uh, a long time, and this lady asked me to come over to her place, and I'm like, I'm not a psychic. She's like, I got weird stuff going on. I'm like, well, you know, she insisted I go over there, and I am not kidding you, myself and my friend that went over there, we saw what looked like a Bigfoot creature manifests in the middle of her kitchen. Just the craziest thing. And I, I jumped up screaming Bigfoot. My friend jumped up screaming werewolf at the exact same time. And it literally shimmied in and shimmied out just the craziest thing. And, and I'm like, and it was doing like poltergeist like activity in her home. So I'm like, has anybody ever seen something like this indoors in a city? It was unbelievable. So haunting really is a, uh, is a, is a perfect word for it. And I mean, do you think all these things are, are related when it comes to all these different arenas of the paranormal and strange?
6: I, I think it could be. I mean, I've noticed just from interviewing loads of people, like there's, there's a lot of similarities w- between people who experience Bigfoot or, or a skinwalker or a dogman or something like that. There's, there's thematic consistency there. So so I, I can't help but wonder if, if there's some, some spiritual thread that connects all three. Um, but I, I don't know that there's ev- evidence to support that. It just seems, uh, it seems curious to me that there's so much consistency when you hear the discussions.
2: Yeah, it almost seems like uh, if a person is open to experiencing one thing, they're more than likely going to experience another. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those patterns as well, but it's, it's mind-blowing. So people that ha- live in a haunted house like I did growing up, saw ufos you know i've seen a hairy bigfoot uh i've seen you know it's like so and then discovered shadow people hat man phenomena i mean it, it just seems to be um definitely a pattern and it's like you know I'm never claiming i'm not a psychic i'm not a medium I, I just thought i had bad luck but this is definitely something going on
6: um well <laughs> i'll tell you what this this location uh does not care if you're open to having an experience because you're, <laughs> you're going to have it. Like we, one of, one of the craziest things about this, this whole experience um, is, you know, we were out there every day. So I think on some level you get uh, you get a little bit desensitized, you know, we, mm-hmm. we heard so much, you know, stick knocking on trees and what sounded like footsteps, all that stuff. But what, what really blew me away is that when we get the footage home and we put the, we put the show together, um, there's been so much fan engagement. There's been so many people that have watched the show in slow motion and taken their own recordings and they're actually spotting, you know, clear evidence in the footage that we didn't even catch, you know, so they're seeing, they're seeing what looks like a Bigfoot creature, uh, running around in the background of, of a couple of different shots. There's, um, there's one example, somebody caught watching it where it looks like there's a UFO right off, right off and it just vanishes into the sky. Um you know there's there's like these weird kind of ghostly type mists that show up on camera and what's been incredible is the fans who are watching the show are watching so carefully and they're spotting stuff that we never saw. Um so wow. they're actually having these these paranormal experiences and Bigfoot experiences through the show that we didn't even have. And that's that's been sort of a <sighs> a nice sort of back end reward just because it was something we, we couldn't have foreseen.
2: Sounds like you need to have a special just to highlight what other things have been
6: spotted. I, I would love to. I think uh, if, if folks want to go tweet at Discovery and Travel Channel and, and demand it, then I'd be I'd be thrilled to be a part of that.
2: Yeah, my gosh, that is just wild. It, you know, the the evidence too. I mean, they always say, you know, this is one of those questionable areas of, of uh, research. You know, it's like, how do you prove beyond a doubt that this is what's going on and it's like like you're saying it's like you almost uh it's subjective but you do have hard evidence as well so it's like how far do people want to open their minds is more the question i'm I'm hearing from you even
6: yeah because i I do my best to to try to maintain my skepticism you know i've I've had enough strange things happen to and around me that you know i, I I'm perfectly comfortable acknowledging that I don't know what I don't know Um, that said, I think that when you're presented with, with evidence, it's, it's hard for me to accept when somebody just goes, Oh, that's nothing. When there's clearly something walking around in, in video footage. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people square that circle.
2: Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Is any of this, uh, kept you up at night? Anything that you've worked on?
6: Uh, you know, I got, I got two little kids, so I'm I'm so burnt by the end of the day that almost nothing <laughs> keeps me up at night. But, uh,
3: <laughs>
6: but uh, definitely is is food for thought that you know keeps keeps feeding thoughts. So yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things that that I think about all the time. Yeah, um, e- even if I'm not losing sleep over it.
2: Is there a topic that you'd like to explore more that you haven't?
6: Um, I just think there's so much more to look at uh, with with the connection between these Bigfoot creatures and, and sort of what we, what we might call sort of uh, classic paranormal activity. Cause I think that, that there's some, there might be some connection there.
2: Definitely. I have been asking for years for anybody seeing the manifest um, and I haven't come across it. So I, I don't, I guess I'm the oddball out, but Hey, I'll volunteer to throw that story in there. Cause shook up my world.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, there's so much we don't know. Yeah, um, that you know, if if they're not connected, who knows? Maybe it's just a a global coincidence that that people have, you know, paranormal and UFO experiences in in pretty close tandem with Bigfoot experiences. I mean, yeah, I, I I'm I'm fine with one or two coincidences, but when when it keeps happening the same way, then uh then I start looking at, at real correlation.
2: Yeah, truly. Have you ever thought of looking at I don't know the lighter side of things like maybe an area of a lot of angelic type encounters or miraculous things. I mean, is that ever interested, interested you?
6: Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to work with with a, a few really talented mediums who, um, who are, are sort of more geared towards positive spiritual engagement. Um, and, and I'm very interested in that. I just, uh, I have not come across the, uh, the appetite on the part of the, the networks and the distributors to do stuff like that. So, you know, there, there's only so far my personal interest can take me. But, um, but yeah, I'm definitely uh, open to the idea that, that not, not every spirit is, is trying to harm people and that there, there really is some, some true good that can come from, from positive engagement.
2: Right. Yeah. There is, oh my gosh, there's so much, so much out there. Well, how can people listen and see the show and uh, what other information can you give that uh, if they have a story they want to share with you?
6: So the, the show is Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. It's on Discovery Plus exclusively. Um, you know, some folks don't, don't want to pay for another streamer and I, I fully understand that. Um, but There's clips available on on the Travel Channel Instagram feed, on the Discovery Plus Instagram feed, Um, more information of the show on their Twitter feeds. There's also a public Facebook group uh, for fans of the show uh, called Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. Um, And it's actually run by by the cast members. So they they regularly engage with with fans of the show, answer questions, um, share photos from behind the scenes, stuff like that. And it's also a place where people can discuss uh, their own experiences and and sort of try to get some clarity on on what happened to these guys in the Alaskan wild.
2: Great, well, oh, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on the show today. This is really fascinating.
1: Oh,
6: I'm um, I'm happy to do it anytime.
2: Wow! So we have come to the bottom of another fabulous program. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did because wow! <laughs> um, and I want to remind you once again: go to my main website. HeidiHollis.com and tell me your stories. Tell me what's on your mind, what you're researching, or what you would like to have me discuss here on the show or even have a guest on this show that you are looking for. And, uh, you know, also go to TheOutlandersComic.com. Find me on Instagram. I have a paranormal comic strip called The Outlanders and uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it and I think you might enjoy it as well. You guys, you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.
4: Goodbye, everybody.